Hello, this is Fed965, that's F-E-D-965, and welcome to Baby Blue Viper. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's having a fantastic Saturday so far. I know I am. Um, actually, I am sipping on a coffee with ginger concoction that I just made. Um, I'm trying out this whole coffee and ginger thing. Um, I, you know, I heard about it. I heard it might be, you know, a good mix. And uh, so far, so good. So, you know, uh, I put some ginger powder in it, by the way. So, um, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Um, I'm actually having this coffee after um, earlier. I had some French toast. Yeah, some French toast. When's the last time you had some French toast? Um, it was delicious. Um, here's the thing. I don't want to go into deeply right now because we're short on time today. But I just want to say that, you know, from uh, you know my own personal taste here is that um, I like my French toast with simple, you know, simple white bread, you know, um, before I have, you know, I've given a, a shot uh, at French toast with, you know, some super, you know, super complex multi-grain, you know, a little bit of nut, a little bit of blah, blah, blah grains here, like pretty much like a whole meal in a one piece of bread. But what happens is then you get this, you know, it's just, it's too much, basically, um, it's too much, um, at least for French toast. Um, it's, it's like you're, you feel like you're eating a whole meal and it's just, it's overpowering. You lose, you know, the, the, the bread should just be, you know, a way of getting the maple syrup and the egg across, you know, it shouldn't become the entire plate. That's what I'm trying to say here. Um, so you don't want an overpowering bread that has so much going on in the bread itself that that becomes, you know, the main event. Now, the bread itself should not be the main event. The main event is the egg and the maple syrup, okay? Um, so, you know, just something to note, um, but to each their own, of course. I'm not some kind of, you know, dogmatic French toast, you know, uh, Nazi over here. Not at all, um, you know, to each their own. Um, but that's that. And, you know, currently I am wearing a gray shirt and blue sweatpants. Um, next. Um, so we had a tornado warning in the area. Um, in the end, there, I didn't see a tornado. We didn't get to a tornado watch. I think that's correct. I think the warning comes before the watch. Or actually, it, maybe the watch comes before the warning. Um, in either case... I did not see a tornado and I did not hear of any nearby, though uh, I did hear about a tornado touching down in northern Michigan. Um, so I hope everyone in northern Michigan is okay, um, you know, and I hope it wasn't too devastating, if at all. Um, hopefully not, because tornadoes can be extremely devastating. Um, so... So yeah, that's that, and let's dive right in, shall we? We haven't even, we're still, we're still here, we're just looking in, and we haven't even uh, dived yet.
dived or dove? This is a hard one. We haven't even dove in. We haven't, even, we haven't dived in yet. We need to get some English majors here. I was not an English major, so um, I'm just winging it here, you know, so bear with me. But the price of Bitcoin is currently 29264 USD. The block height is 737302. And moving on to the news of the day, we're going to go real quick here, real quick. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? From the Los Angeles Times, Russia cuts off gas from Finland amid wider push into Ukraine's east. You know, at this point, I have no idea what's going on in the Ukraine um, because, you know, I'm hearing reports, you know, we mentioned this yesterday of refugees going, moving back to Ukraine. So it can't be, the situation can't be that bad if people are going back home. That's, you know, number one. Um, number two, though, you know, uh, they're talking about that uh, Russia is having, uh, you know, a larger push into Ukraine. Okay, so this seems to be conflicting, but I'm sure there's more going on here that we're not aware of. And, you know, that this whole thing with Finland um, and Sweden that we've been covering as they uh, want to join NATO. Of course, Russia is going to retaliate here. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just, you know, peace is being moved across the, uh, you know, on the, on the geopolitical chessboard here, or maybe it's checkers at this point, because it doesn't seem like uh, the complexity at some point, you know, I don't want to go on a tangent here, though. I've heard deferring, deferring things about checkers versus chess in terms of complexity and um, skill required to play the game. Um you know, I I played a lot of chess in my in my days, um, in my time, and you know, as it as to checkers, um, you know, I've dabbled in checkers, sure, um, and I have heard that you know that checkers is actually um a more difficult game to master because of or not, it's not a more difficult game to master. It's it's that less mistakes are allowed that, that i think that's what it is um as it, let me let me break this down to you without going into deeply into it but it's that let's take it if you have two expert checker players okay we're, we're gonna just take two experts okay and let's say one of them just for some reason they make uh an ill-advised move okay even experts this is very important even experts make ill-advised moves at times so uh there's expert a okay expert a makes an ill-advised move now expert b let's just say that expert b makes no ill-advised moves from then on just makes you know solid moves nothing brilliant nothing you know just fantastic or what a great move no just solid moves uh with no nothing you know no ill-advised mistake then apparently from what i've heard you know thinking about the dynamics of the game is that expert b will almost definitely win okay that there is no way for ex expert a to recover from even that one ill-advised move if expert b just makes solid moves the whole time so it's a it's a much less forgiving uh, game is what I is what I've heard here as opposed to chess. Let's go to chess. If you have expert A in chess, expert B in chess, 
Expert A makes an ill-advised move. Expert B makes no ill-advised moves, just plays solid the whole time. Um, however, the difference with checkers is chess, the way that the game is set up, the dynamics of the game are such that expert A could recover from that ill-advised move and still go on to win the match. Okay, even though expert B makes no ill-advised moves, expert B is just solid the whole way, doesn't do anything, you know, out of the ordinary, but expert A could make a move down the line that makes up for that ill-advised move. You see what I'm saying here? Whereas in checkers, apparently, there is no way, or at least it is, it is magnitudes of order more difficult to recover from one ill-advised move. Okay, now of course that that that's the main differences that I've heard at the expert level. We're talking about the at the you know at the pro level. Okay, um, so that's just something to bear in mind with that you know though checkers seems like a much simpler game than chess, right? It seems much more simple that okay, it's like a kids game when in actuality it is a much less forgiving game. Okay, you need to be on your a game the whole time with checkers as opposed to chess something to bear in mind i have no idea how we got to talking about chess and checkers i've already forgotten but uh, oh yeah no i'm back i'm back we were talking about geopolitical strategy that's what we're talking about we're talking about geopolitical strategy and the question is whether this geopolitical strategy is checkers or chess Okay, and I leave that one up to you to decide, is it checkers or chess? Um, moving on. Uh, CNN politics, U.S. and South Korea signal willingness to expand military drills in response to nuclear north. Yeah, we've been talking about this. Um, you know, this is a whole recent thing that Joe Biden is in South Korea right now in uh, in Seoul. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Um, President Joe Biden and his South Korean counterpart agreed in talk Saturday to begin discussions on restarting and potentially expanding joint military drills that had been halted under Biden's predecessor. That would be Trump. A step likely to draw fury from North Korea as it intensifies its provocations. Um, you know, not an ideal situation, in my opinion. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to see war with North Korea here, um, especially not that because North Korea is also a nuclear power. So we have potential for war right now with two nuclear powers. Let that sink in. It's not we're not fighting the Taliban right here. OK, we're not we're not excuse me. We're not getting into a, a potential fight or is what I'm trying to say here um, with the Taliban. Of course, they have their own, you know, their own uh, military. Uh, what am I trying to say? Their own military obstacles to overcome uh, with that war against the Taliban. It's a guerrilla force. Um, you know, you're fighting in uh, extremely difficult terrain. Um, and you know, the list goes on. So that, that poses its own set of problems is what I'm trying to say. The point being that this is a entirely new set of problems. We're talking about potential wars with nuclear powers. And now we have two, two on the horizon. We have North Korea and we have Russia. I mean, what is going on? Um, that's, so that's just not ideal, um, but moving on. 
the Guardian. Historic heat wave poised to hit dozens of U.S. states this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm feeling the heat right here. Uh, I don't want to dox myself, but I am in one of these states that uh, is going to be experiencing a heat wave. Um, so um, here's the thing. Uh, I'm, you know, a glass half full kind of guy. Okay, let that be clear. Um, and what do I mean by that? I mean by the fact, the fact that um, I am looking forward to this heat because it means that I can more thoroughly, thoroughly, how do I say that word? Is that the right word to use here? Um, it's such that I can, you know, take more advantage of the pool, okay? Um, so, you know, um, when it's hot out, the pool feels uh, nicer. Simple as that. And um, speaking about the pool, I know we're jumping around left and right today, but uh, let's just get, since we're on the topic of the pool, we're talking about heat. We're talking about heat. Um, here's the thing. The pool motor is still working fine. Um, if you are a, you know, longtime listener of this podcast, um, you'll know that the pool motor has been a recurring theme here. Um, and that's because the pool motor is, yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's an important thing right now because it's, uh, it's getting hot out. So you need to have your pool motor working in order to have, uh, to make, you know, to enjoy the pool. And, the thing about the pool motor is, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, after the wintering, when we opened up the pool, there was, it would it wasn't starting right away. I don't want to go into deeply in, uh, you know, this whole thing, but it was because of an accumulation of moisture inside the motor. And since, because this pool motors have to be, or they should be, I don't know the exact legal requirements here. I think it's more of a of a of a safety issue more than anything i don't think it is a uh, legal issue though i may be mistaken it might be both it might be both a safety issue and a legal issue point being that the pool motor is connected to the gfci that's the ground fault circuit interrupter um and what that is is basically a safety you know on off switch um that you know if if it picks up any, it's extremely sensitive. If it picks up in anything that might, you know, short circuit uh, the motor, it immediately just, you know, shuts it off. Okay, rather than, you know, risking any kind of explosion or <clears throat> anything like that. So point being that we had to, you know, uh, what's it called? We we just had to do a little, you know, finagling. Um, you know, uh. uh Terry took a point on this and, um, you know, really got it going. But then after, you know, if you had been listening, there was another problem that two days later, the motor shut off and I myself had to, you know, um, roll up my sleeves and, you know, even though I don't have an extensive electrical background, um, I was able to, you know, you know, to finagle some wires left and right and eventually get the motor started and get it back up and running while it was connected to the gfci because here's the thing you can't you did, i didn't want to run the motor off the gfci though i could have it's very important i was safety first here because um, i wasn't going to you know keep it running long term 
while it was a uh, not connected to a safety mechanism. And that's just something for you all to keep in mind. Um, but the point being today, I want to check the chlorine feeder. Um, the chlorine levels are ideal right now. I'd like to say that again. The chlorine levels are ideal. So is the stability and so is the hardness levels. Also are the stability and hardness levels, excuse me. Um, but I want to make sure and I want to check how many tablets. I use a three inch tablets. I want to make sure how many tablets are in the feeder right now. I like to see six in there, um, but I think that there might only be four. And I just want to double check this. And if it's less than six, I will get it up to six. And that is just to maintain a constant, um, you know, uh, feeding of a chlorine in there at the appropriate levels. If you have six tablets, the amount that you're feeding in per cycle is less than four tablets okay um, because the water rushes into the feeder and depending on how much at a certain rate and remember i'm running it at 0.5 remember i don't want to go into deeply onto this you can go to previous podcasts if you'd like to see the 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 reasons and the rationale between running a 0.5 rather than what others um you know uh suggest i i uh, like I said, you can go in to check previous podcasts if you'd like to know why I'm running at a 0.5. And I just want to say that. So I'm running at a 0.5 pacing or a 0.5 setting. And then I'm putting in um, six tablets into the feeder. And remember, the more tablets in the feeder, the more chlorine you're going to be running through that, even though you're at a 0.5. So just so I'm clear right here. Okay, so six tablets at 0.5, okay, is still more chlorine than four tablets at a 0.5. And now if you're really into math, you could finagle it so that four tablets at, say, a two setting equals six tablets at, say, a 0.5 setting. I don't know what the exact conversion rate is here, so I'm just throwing those numbers out to give you an idea that you have two things to look at here the amount of chlorine tablets in the feeder as well as the rate of flow okay that's important and let's move on here and um so yeah it's getting real hot we're running low on time today it's getting um real hot out so i'm going to be make use of i'm going to be using the pool here uh, for sure Question is whether or not I'm going to exercise first or not. I'm a little sore. I've been, um, you know, I've been keeping up a good amount of exercise um, these last, I would say these last three weeks, these last few months. Um, but, you know, the body does need to recover every now and then. Um, so if anything, I might give a very light workout, possibly go out for a run, though the I might have missed my window because it's getting a little hot out and there's no reason to run in the in the you know the direct the direct sunshine here or what I'm what I'm trying to say is that there's no reason to run in the middle of the day when the sun is at its zenith there I mean that's just kind of idiotic I mean people do that and it's not too smart you want to run, if it's getting hot out you want to run early in the morning or late at night you know, in the evening, um, you do not want to run in the middle of the day. It might feel good. Oh, yeah, you know, you're sweating. Okay, but it's not good for you. Sorry to say uh, it's not a repeat. It is not good for you um, and is actually could be detrimental to your health. You're running the risk 
of heat stroke. Um, you're even if you're uh, you know in top form, the athletes in top form still get heat stroke all the time. Okay, um, and worst case scenario, you know, or best case scenario, let's say you might even get a headache, and that'd be even for me that's the worst case scenario. I hate headaches, um, so I don't want to run the risk of getting a headache because you know I decided to be cool and go running in the middle of the day when the the sun is at the you know, at the zenith, it's super hot out, you take your shirt off, you feel good, guns are out, um, but no, it's not good for you, okay? Simple as that. It's not good for you, though you may think you're cool by doing that. No, you want to run in the morning or at night when it's getting hot out, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say in the summertime, you run in the morning or at night, um, especially if you're in a heat wave, okay? Let that be clear. Um, you don't run Though you might want to, you don't run in the middle of the day in a heat wave. It is not smart, even if you have a body of water to cool down afterwards. And, you know, people can come at me for that, but I will say that again. It is not smart. And point being, though, I'm going to probably do some kind of light exercise, um, you know, and then eventually maybe do some laps in the pool. Um, and that could be the exercise, to be honest. I might just do that. That might be the smartest thing to do because it, you know, in the body of water, keeping cool, and you're still getting a workout in the middle of a heat wave. So that might be the best. And obviously, as anyone who knows about exercise knows that swimming is by far the best thing you can do for your body. There's no doubt about that. Anybody who says differently doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, the swimming is all around the best exercise you can do for your body. It is, you know, it is so good for your your joints, your tendons, your cardio. You have resistance in there. It's, it's amazing. Um, so that might be a thing to do. Um, plus, I'm thinking about grilling. Um the thing is, you know, I don't want to go into deeply on this, ready, running low on time, but I'm just going to say that uh, I'm a charcoal only kind of guy. Okay, let that let, let me be very clear about that. Charcoal only. Okay, and you know, I'm just going to say that again. Charcoal only. And and that's that. Um, so. Uh, last thing I wanted to, uh, to cover. So I'm just going to give you a quick recap on the dog situation. As you know, my longtime listeners know, I will be moving to Spain this summer. And the question is whether or not we are taking the dog and cat. Um, and we're just going to talk about the dog situation today. Um, the dog is a German Shepherd. Um, uh, it is, he is a, a two-year-old or he will be two years old within the next month or two. Uh, so two-year-old German Shepherd. And the question is whether he will be coming with us to Spain. Um, uh, it is still up in the air. I will say that again. It is still up in the air. Um, yesterday he had a meeting with, um, a, uh, you know, there was a, a, a family here that was, interested in possibly looking out or looking after him for the year and they had two other dogs two small dogs uh but the you know so we took uh rioja over there for you know like, like a meet and greet to see if 
they got along and they did not get along did the smaller dog as most small dogs are uh was annoying to say the least um so it doesn't look like that's gonna work out um though you know this there's this might have been handled better it was so the problem was that uh it, they met at the the little dog's house um the first time the first time they met they met at the little dog's house so you know i'm gonna give the little guy the benefit of the doubt here that he was just being territorial and you know he was a little scared of the big dog um so that's why he acted you know acted out the way he did um but still it was you know it showed a lack of um of discipline of manners and you know without pointing too many fingers at the owners though some fingers may be pointed um it showed a lack of upbringing um and point being that it doesn't look like that's going to work out though in the future it might be better to first have the dogs meet in neutral territory and then meet at you know the 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 little dog's house in this case um because in that way the you know the little dog doesn't feel like it, this this big dog is, uh, you know, coming in and, and taking over, you know, the the territory. So I do understand that. I do understand that. Um, but point being that the dog situation is a is of yet unresolved. Okay, um, but we will uh, we will keep you updated on that. And um, so that's it for today. Uh, um, no homework today. I hope everyone, uh, you know, uh, uh, finished their or, you know, was able to finish their their homework assignment from last night. Uh, you know, I know I did and uh, feeling good today, you know, feeling good. Um, so no homework today other than uh, enjoy the heat. Enjoy the heat. And if there's no heat where you're at, wherever you may be at this moment well make some heat okay so we're talking about heat today and that's the theme that we want to bring into the day heat it's all about that heat uh and with that i will leave you and see you soon